Well, hello everybody again and welcome to the Weirdly Magical podcast with Jen and Lou. And today we are discussing the Libra New Moon, um, which is on October the 16th. I realised I put it at Washington DC because I've been looking at that, but but it is at um, 8.31pm in London time, 3.31pm Eastern, and that would make it 12:31 p.m. Pacific time and it's going to be at 23 degrees Libra and it's a hell of a new moon so we'll be talking about that <laughs> oh my goodness and today here Jen and I are recording this um as the Aries uh full moon um perfects and uh we'll probably refer back to that a little bit as well because the month of October is intense and uh but first some housekeeping we have a patreon patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical thank you to those that have signed up already at three dollars a month to support the work and we have reached the point now where we can provide some patreon only content so i'm going to post details in patreon and jen's just disappeared (laughs) so i'll keep talking and um And we're going to probably just um, answer Patreon only questions. So you get to pick our brain in greater detail. Um, They won't be personalized readings, but we can um, we can answer great detail. And we'll do every time we record a podcast, we'll record an extra segment for Patreons only. Um, If we don't have any questions, we'll talk to whatever comes up for us. Um, Also, we do have a couple of just um, on air questions that we're quickly going to address at the end of the podcast. Um, And there's one podcast about the election that we're not able to get to because we don't have the charts for the uh, relevant person questioned. If I can, if I can find time, I might make a, a separate astrology kind of video on my YouTube channel. But to be quite honest, uh, predicting elections is not really our um, our kind of thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> more mundane astrology. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And this and this election season in the USA is so chaotic. Anyway, that astrologers just are not even in agreement about what's coming up because there's so many variables. So sorry, <laughs> but anyway, let's introduce ourselves quickly, Jen. Hi everyone, I'm Jen Dishin, jendishin.com. I'm an Akashic uh, healer, reader, teacher, creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards, and I guide my clients to expand their journey, to connect more deeply with their souls, so they can live. (laughs) That was a long pause. I know, there was. (laughs) Anyway, so that they can live, go ahead. So they can live freely in this body in this world and i'm louise eddington um soul astrologer and author of two books <laughs> modern astrology and the complete guide to astrology and um i help my clients to live an extraordinary life based on their own purpose and um let's pull cards first of all so jen what card did you pull so I actually pulled <laughs> the levity of the time we're in. If we can do nothing but laugh because it's 
such a funny time. Oh. Right? That moment of like pausing and then, you know, got to make our, up our minds because time is moving. So I actually pulled two cards. The first is the key, which is a tool and uh, the key, the energy of whatever the key means. It's giving us this opening a portal into something different. It's a clue of how we need to move through it. And then I pulled the 12. So what's interesting is they're both similar colors. So the soul portal 12 and um, Oh, you have an 11 in there too. How oh, interesting. Oh, it looks like an 11 on your building. It's probably not an 11, but it looks like one. Oh, right. It does. Yeah. <laughs> another portal. Another portal, right? So uh, this card really, to me, speaks of this energy of the figure who could be you, could be your situation, etc., is committing to... A, a new path so it's it's this devotional idea of i've learned as much as i can through my mind through thinking and following the the, the typical process and now i'm going to take my own adventure i'm going to uh, kind of go through the portal of the unknown it, it really is moving away from what has been learned, what has been uh, taught, what has been expected and believed, and this desire or connection to, uh, I see this figure devotionally in that space of, uh, you know, kind of guide me through this new pathway, like guide me to the wisdom of my soul, basically. And what I love, uh, the things that jump out at me in this card mm. are, um, we're recording this on a full moon and there's a full moon in it. You've got the key as well. And the full moon is conjunct Chiron. So, and of course, you know, the lunations are connected to each other and the books, the floating books in this card. Um, Mercury is really strong. Upcoming new moon in this Libra new moon. We'll talk about that when we talk about the astrology, uh, but there's also the North node in Mercury ruled Gemini. Um, is about learning new ways to do things and kind of letting your mind float free and be open to look changing perspectives and new ways of doing things i love the floating book thing that's <laughs> right and also the coloring like the purples yeah. and stuff are very much about opening the upper energies your third eye you know opening your senses to this what else is there besides what i've seen in my box in my world that is being contained and controlled absolutely and i pulled the gemini card on the toth tarot oh let me just um i'm recording this and we're not even next to each other there we go you can see me but there's um, the Gemini card, which is the card of the twins. Uh, but it's a really about pulling everything, all the opposites together and bringing everything into the middle. And then we have um, uh, the character in the background that I cannot remember his name, that, but the kind of the um, priest figure is kind of blessing all this union. And we have the Orphic egg with the snake around it at the bottom, which is a symbol of transformation. But in the Gemini card, this is this is the North Node in the, in the chart. We've got the North Node in Gemini, which um, I referred to already. And um, the North Node is aspected by this um, upcoming new moon. And it's really kind of saying it's time to stop this 
you know idea of separation and polarity and trying and bringing all everything together black white male female all the opposites bringing them together in this sacred marriage with cupid firing his arrow at the top of the card <laughs> and uh this card is is to my mind so echoed in the whole um astrology of the of the new moon because we have juno the sacred marriage um asteroid um highlighted in the uh, new moon chart as well and i'll talk about that so you know overall the card is just saying really have this courage and faith to bring everything together um to my mind do you have any comments on the card yeah i i think it's fascinating you know it also has the colors like purple and then the inside yeah. is the reds and yellows so very much about this idea of um you know, lighting the fire inside of us that's within this idea of our, you know, greater essence of soul energy, or the clarity of divination. Uh, it, it really feels, I mean, it feels like there is this energy of um, exchange in some way, like agreement that we're going to kind of move past what has been. Mm. And, and and the answer, of course, is love. Cupid at the top there. <laughs> uh, and that's so relevant to so much that's coming up for me today. And of course, the new moon is in Libra, which is Venus ruled, which is the planet of love. And, you know, it's often talked about just in terms of, you know, our partner love. But it means so much more than that. Venus is um, our is the higher incarnation of Earth in esoteric astrology, and actually Venus rules Gemini <laughs> in esoteric astrology. So this is, you know, it's a very chaotic new moon, and I'll talk a little bit about the aspects that we'll talk about. the The new moon is at twenty three degrees and fifty three minutes of um, Libra, and it's making a T square with mars eris and black moon lilith in eris which is opposing the new moon and squaring jupiter pluto and saturn in capricorn and that aries capricorn square has been what's causing so much chaos in in this year um we've also got venus um two degrees away from an exact opposition with Neptune. So we'll talk about that as well. Um, and we've got, um, so there's Venus again, and Venus is in Mercury ruled um, Virgo, by the way. And um, we've also got Mercury has just stationed retrograde two days before the new moon. So Mercury stations retrograde on October the 14th. And Ceres stations direct two days after the new moon. And Ceres will station direct at exactly the same point that Mercury stationed direct at back on March the 10th. And this and Mercury is conjunct Juno, the sacred marriage asteroid and opposing Uranus. And that's going to be huge as well. So there's a hell of a lot to talk about in this. And it's... <laughs> And uh, I'll let Jen dive in with her usual thing about the days and stuff to start. Okay. All right. So as we've talked about, October is a five month. So it is about change and uh, 
you know, it's the pivot point of change. So this really is a month where we will be forced to make changes, how, whether we want to or not. September was a lot of that uh, uh, preparing, and this is that movement uh, that we need to take from the point of view of an adventure, as opposed to being something heavy, and I don't want to do this. This is our beings going forward. I accept this. I accept just like the cards we were showing. I accept this challenge. I accept my role. I commit to it. And I'm going to go forward, you know, fully invested in, uh, in being different, new, uh, reborn. Uh, so I think this energy really speaks to that. The fact that this is on the 16th, well, 16 is a number of high intuition so it's reminding us listen to your intuition check in make sure you're following your intuition and i think even more than your intuition is this idea that you really get connected to who you are and to your divine source energy that you're not just drifting along doing what others are saying or doing but going is how is this uh connected to me? What is the thing I want to bring into balance? And how can I do that by not only being connected to source, but also to earth, because of the fact that Libra is connected to Venus, mm -hmm. and to rebalancing of relationships in 2020 is all about rebalancing or finding the foundational piece of being, you know, spirit embodied. So this is about the embodiment, like the balance of the, what Lou was talking about, masculine and feminine, night and day, etc. Um, so the actual date is so it's a seven 16 is a seven so this is a highly important number we've seen the 16 quite a lot this year and this is about coming back to our own wisdom the wisdom that allows us to reflect on the past and to make changes so we can have a different future because uh as we'll talk about this what's happening to us right now is not something that happens every every year it happens thousands of years apart right or hundreds of years apart so it's a major experience as to the 23 of the moon and sun a very powerful number we've talked about this many times before uh, the 23 is called the royal lion and it is about the courage that we have to follow our own intuition our own desires as opposed to doing what others want. So we kind of pushed into that place where we need to take a different route. Like we don't have time to think about this anymore because we've been thinking about this all year long, right? And we've been coming to this point for many years. And so now it's that point where we go, I'm breaking away from the typical. I'm breaking away from needing to have approval or being accepted by my family or any of those things. None of these actions you take mean that you will be separated because this is all about the whole, becoming part of the whole. The way you will be accepted by your family is to accept yourself, right? Instead of being something your family wants you to be. So the 23 speaks to this. This number speaks on our physical plane, uh, chromosomes on our uh, mystical plane, on the on uh, a heart based an earth plane it's very real it's very uh, primal 
and it opens a portal to many many layers of who we are and where we're going and this moon is a lot to do with the secondary portals that we're opening as we're moving into this new way of being as we've talked about it's not going away we can't just go to sleep and hope that we can wake up and it will be gone it will be over uh, because we are the ones that have to make the change mm -hmm. exactly and that, that 23 i've i've been talking about that all year long <laughs> because 23 is the number of eris um 23 um is thought to be the most powerful of numbers and you know not just I mean, Jen talks about it from the numerology perspective, but uh, the Discordianists who um, uh, worship Eris, the goddess Eris, believe 23 is holy and concerns Eris herself. The 23rdians, they also call themselves, believe in the mystical nature of 23. There were 23 grand masters who composed the Knights Templar. So we've got all this stuff coming in. The Chinese believed the number 23 was special because it's made up of the only even prime number. In human beings, there's 23 pairs of chromosomes. Um, our normal physical biorhythm for human beings is 23 days. And it's uh, believed by some to be a portal or crossroads for um, weirdly magical chaos. So, um, you know, it's very associated with our names. <laughs> This is true. Plus, the part I didn't say, which, I, which after listening to you, is 23 is a five. So 23 yeah. is five. So we are in, it's a double five or triple five if you count each one as its own uh, number. And so this energy of fives, that really activates the chaos and the sense of breaking away, liberating ourselves uh, from uh, this duty we have been bound to as humans in some way like we've all agreed to be in fear we've all agreed that we shouldn't be who we are yeah. and this is the breakaway this is the time where we have this opportunity to go forget about that yeah. i am following my own path i am listening to my own truth because the thing is we have been entrapped in an idea an ideology of practices that don't actually work right we're all doing our best to try to be these things we can't be, punishing ourselves for doing wrong, punishing other people, creating more and more separation. And none of these things work. So in order to uh, activate the key, to turn the lock on this portal and on the change that is coming, and for us to get on the boat, right, on the, the arc or whatever it is, to actually step onto the arc and, and be chosen because we are... Uh, we are willing to be who we are, right? So the idea of being chosen is not about, it's like you choose your journey, right? So if you choose to opt out and you're going, I'm not doing this, it's too hard. And I, I don't want to give up my story. It's just so good. I love being this in the story, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and we all love being in our story. Listen, me too, right? I'm, I, I love being in my story, but I also want to have something different. So I know that I have to choose to, you know, enter yeah. that space, turn the lock, say, yeah, I'm doing it. And that's the chosen part. Then when you choosing to go down this path, there's a lot of rewards, but there's also effort involved, right? Oh, yes. And, and you know, building on what Jen said, you know, and, and talking about the 23 as well. 
this this new moon is almost exactly opposing Eris, and she's at 24 degrees zero um, minutes about to retrograde back to 23 degrees her number and heading towards the third and middle exact square with pluto this is on december the 10th um so the goddess of chaos and discord herself is very connected to this new moon but what i find most interesting is that um we've got the new moon uh, the sun and moon together in libra squaring all the capricorn planets who are now all direct and opposing all the aries planets who are all retrograde including Lilith who hops back and forth and um, to my mind Aries is always the I am and uh, Libra is the we and so those are all retrograde we are being asked to change ourselves it always reminds me of the serenity prayer when when I say that you know the courage to change the things I can is basically the courage to change yourself it's, that's the only thing <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing you really can change because the the next line is the wisdom to know the difference in the serenity prayer. Um, because you can't change anybody else. You often can't change what's going on out there without changing yourself first. And all these planets in, a, um, in Aries, Mars, Chiron, Eris, Lilith, they're all retrograde saying, look at yourself. <laughs> right. And you know what else strikes me is it's the, you know, it's kind of like the personal planets against the, you know, the social or collective, yeah. right? It's like yeah. we need to kind of dive in here because truly this is this idea. Okay, everyone, where it's kind of like this war we're going to, right? It's this idea like, are you willing to battle for yourself and stand up for yourself and break free of this uh, kind of uh, bubble we've been in? Or do you need me to make the choices for you? And, and we can see by the leadership outside there of these people. I mean, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> we can't rely on them because they don't have a clue. They don't know how to deal with the time that's coming in. Uh, I think, I mean, yes, we do have some amazing people out there, but there are older people that are fixed in their ways and we cannot be relying on these people who want to go, they want us to crawl back in a hole and just shut up and just go back to sleep. And I don't want to do that. This is fun. I was actually listening to the Astrology Hub's um, interview with... Right astrologer georgia stathis and she made a point that i had not thought of that um this system of government and it and i'm talking about the usa but it could be applying to anywhere it's patriarchal hierarchical with a leader kind of thing government um was set up for small populations and now we've got this small number of people governing 325 million people they're speaking for so many people or rather they are not speaking generally for for the people right. something's got to give and something's got to change and we've got to change it from the bottom up and that's where it's us coming in so, yeah right the revolution of the the voices of the people and that's a great point you know this idea that uh, and that's what we did for many centuries. We abdicated our power. If you just think about principalities, how that worked, how people kept safe was they, they joined a group, a kingdom, 
or whatever, they became part of it and they took their tiered place, right? Like some people were servants, so they were just like uh, the followers of the camps and some were the soldiers and they kind of, as they went up, it got smaller and smaller, you know, the pyramid. And so everyone just obeyed. They accepted the laws that were there that the, whoever was in charge, the king or whatever, mm -hmm. because they wanted to be safe. Now that energy has, is messing with us because it's not keeping us safe. It's keeping us stifled. It's keeping us anything but safe. And in fact, even these people that were in those groups were not safe. Yeah. They were safer than they would be wandering outside of the castle. But they, the people in there, especially the ones in the lower tiers, they were, they were subject to the whims of those above them, right? And that kind of hierarchical uh, practice has been uh, what's pressed into us over yeah. hundreds of years. We think that's the way it has to be. And really, does it? <laughs> I mean, this is this idea, I get this picture when you were talking of the guy doffing his hat, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, bowing like, but okay, we, master. But, but we kind of do that really, don't we? We do. Yeah, I right? You know the dynast, the political dynasties. We idolise the the wealthy um, and the um, um, celebrities. You know, <laughs> we we kind of think like they're somehow a level above. And right, that they know something we don't know. Right, like maybe they are experts in a field, yeah. but the collective wisdom cannot be denied. The fact that people who are living in the collective, who know what's going on, know. Uh, like I think we've talked about, I always laugh about the idea that there are some politicians, uh, and we'll use that as an example, it doesn't really matter, you can do it in business, it's the same thing. Like some politicians who think like AOC is so young, she knows nothing. And to me, that's total bullshit. She knows more than a lot of those people that have been there in their position and for yeah. 50 years or 60 years, because she's lived in life, right? She's she she had a single mom. She had to put herself through school. She had to do all these things. So she understands and is tapped into common wisdom. And those people that have been sitting in a seat for 50 years, they have no tap into common wisdom. They don't know anything about what's happening, right? They just want everything to remain the same. Yeah, exactly. They've lost touch. So, and, and it's in so many ways of life. And this T-square, um, you know, with the sun and moon opposing the Aries planets and squaring the Capricorn planets, and these numbers, it's going to bring change. But change comes out of chaos. And um, we really have to steel ourselves. I love that all the Capricorn planets are now... Um, direct because you know everybody always kind of gives capricorn a bad name but capricorn at its highest and saturn in capricorn is um, and pluto they're still pretty much at their station degree that it's about becoming the wise elder and it's about taking responsibility and being diligent and working um wisely let's say not hard but it is about doing the hard work as well that's needed to be done to bring the change so I love that they're direct on this. To go to Ceres, um, Ceres stationing direct, I think, you know, Ceres is way out of bounds. 
I didn't mention that when we were talking before, but she's out of bounds till the day after the US election, by the way. <laughs> and when a planet's out of bounds, they are chaotic as well. They're acting kind of out of character and completely crazy. So she's on her station degree on this new moon at 28 degrees Aquarius, out of bounds. She's out of bounds by more than two degrees, which is quite a long way. That's declination from a, the ecliptic from where we look at it. And um, and so Ceres is um, the great mother, but she's kind of destroyer energy, you know, and I hate to say it, we're seeing that with the storms and the fires in the uh, you know, the, the great mother is causing grief and it's the it's also the uh, pandemic, you know, it's, it's, everything feels out of control and, um, and chaotic. But I always think of that meme when I say that, I think of that relax, nothing is under control because, <laughs> because, because the, the, um, the chaos kind of is necessary to jumble it all up so that we can start to create something new underneath. So. Right. And just thinking about the fact, hmm? sorry create magic right create magic use that 23 just thinking about uh, this idea that this is a time this moon is about balance or rebalancing now it's not balancing to back to last you know six months ago or balance of fake normal that because we've been out of balance for thousands of years you know we have this idea of who we're supposed to be and, and all of our natural uh, uh, desires that have been destroyed and so all of these energies with mars now still in retrograde burning up through us right in aries burning open the desire so the desire becomes so strong that we're willing to kick down the door because we have had enough of being confined so with chaos uh, it helps bring into balance and it makes us see like the things we're seeing out in the world, the things we're experiencing, like when we're having these incredible storms and everything's out of control and fire just burning, uh, people just kind of spewing off the mouth, saying things and with no control or any kind of what we might call decency or any of those things. It makes us realize that so much of what we're looking to and wanting to regulate us is bullshit, right? It's just total bullshit. And so I think this is the whole point of this Capricornian um, uh, uh, kind of hold that's happening mm -hmm. or, or, or uh, recreation through Capricorn, right? It's like when you think about it, it really is about recreating the way we live, the way we think about things and and bringing in order, a new kind of order, not the old kind, which was about suppression and oppression and using the things like organization and time against us so that we are working against ourselves, mm -hmm. but more about how do we take these amazing tools that we have, this amazing opportunity to be on this incredible journey and to have an adventure and go, yes, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to try this. And I'm curious about this. And I want to see how this works. And I'm willing to work at it to get it, you know, foundationally sturdy. Uh, it's a very different approach than I'm just coming in here and I'm just going to go and work with what there is. Right? Yeah. One feels confined. The other one feels liberating. And everything is just coming together in this new moon. Sorry, I'm just going, probably going to slide up. 
but you know i look at i notice so many t squares we've got the main t square with the um the new moon we have a t square from mercury and juno conjunct mercury turns retrograde two days before this new moon so that in itself is often chaotic when mercury stations retrograde it's also opposing uranus which is um the lord of lightning bolts who is kind of a, the great awakener but also provides like rapid sudden illumination and change um and kind of shocks and and that kind of energy but it's also in a t-square with hygiene which is global health and the more i've only really recently started working with hygiene and she was she's been connected to the pandemic but i think she's about our health in the bigger kind of um uh you know scheme of things like our mind body spirit or our health in all ways and she's in leo which is our heart health and um how we are looking after ourselves in this time that's one t-square and it's also connected with social justice with the asteroid juno that's conjunct mercury there's going to be a lot of that come up as well about our health overall as a society okay so that's an one t-square mercury in scorpio is going to be digging in deep to the psychology of it i can see that starting happening already as we record this there's another t-square between um ceres which i mentioned which is also stationed um to turn direct two days after she's opposing vesta in leo so there's that heart leo the heart again and the sacred flame and squaring Sedna, who also was a bit of a, a destroyer goddess if she wasn't honoured. And she's in Taurus, which is the sign of the material world and and the very most earthly sign. So then there's all the um, elements of like how we looking after the earth coming in in that kind of T-square. It feels to me like all the stories are coming together. In, uh, towards the end of this year in this new moon you know our institutions how corrupt they are and and how they're not working anymore and um i don't necessarily just mean corrupt as in you know people are corrupt in them i mean the institutions themselves are no longer working they're, they're corrupted um like a hard drive would be corrupted how we need to step up how our, how we treat the planet isn't working how the differences in um economic injustice is is not working anymore all the themes are coming together and the north node in gemini is kind of where we're being asked to move towards to go back to the card i pulled kind of pulling it all together um and that's more about local community to be quite honest so right and there's definitely a theme of um you know two sides with all those t squares etc the two variants or two players needing to uh, to find that portal right we think about this in terms of balance or harmony and we find in the 23 the the moving through this energy leaving behind the uh, the traumatic stuff that brought us here right all the stuff we've experienced all our pains and wounds uh, have been very valuable because they brought us to the space yeah. but they are not valuable going forward so how do we kind of come to that place where we're like okay i'm at peace with 
what's happened and I'm willing to uh, just let it be, move away from it and connect to the other side of me or, or this world, whatever I'm in disharmony with, how do I find that connection, like that bridge? Uh, you know, it's, I think a lot of this war that we're in, we talk about being at war with what has been, mm. it doesn't necessarily have to be a, you know, a physical battle or angry words or any of those things. We typically think about it like being this kind of battle where we need to get angry and punch each other out or destroy each other. When in actual fact, what we need to do is to find our own voice so we can express, this is what I need. These are my boundaries. Like, okay, I'm willing to talk to you, but here are my boundaries. And be very clear about the boundaries. So there is no confusion. And that way we can actually create a connection and create the portal together. So we create the restructuring of our world. We actually begin to to have a conversation so we can do things. I mean, yes, destruction is great, chaos is great, but mm. the point of it all is how we initiate going forward. Do we just want to be in destruction and we're all falling around and we don't know what to do? Or do we actually want to use this time to go, okay, I can see where I've been wounded and I can see the things that trigger me, so I need to put a boundary there so I can, I can kind of protect myself, protect the part of me that feels uh, wounded or can't speak up. And or then you're the part of it as well, not just uh... Yes, heal it, feel it and heal it. But sometimes the only way we can heal it is through choosing oh. boundaries, right? Exactly. Choosing love, choosing back. I'm going to accept this part of me. I love this part of me. I'm not going to try to dismiss it. So what does this part of me need in order to feel protected? And the more we do that, the less that thing is uh, uh, part of our lives. Because we're like, oh, it doesn't, it's not getting triggered all the time because I feel like I am taking care of that part of me. So it's not showing up. It's not controlling me. Exactly. And you, you were talking about, you were talking about before about the addictions and things like that that we have. Like we go to our addictions, whatever they are, to escape or to kind of blame the other person or blame ourselves. I can't do it. They're treating me badly. All of those things that feel very real, uh, but are actually in the way of us going, it doesn't matter, right? I'm just, it's immaterial. My, my pain can still be uh, held and you know, whatever, go through its process yeah. without me running away and hiding or pretending nothing's happening. And what Jen's referring to is I, I shared a post on my Facebook page today that's an excellent post. So if anybody wants to go and read the whole thing, it's quite long. It's on Cosmic Owl Astrology Facebook page. But it, it's it's shared by um, um, how was Dr. Nandi Hatenyi. Is that how you say her name? But anyway, um, she was talking about the horrific underbelly of abuse that's being kind of brought to the surface um, on this Pluto station as we record this, basically, but or everything else. But she talks about um, codependency as addiction and addiction is codependency and how it's showing up in everything. So we're not just talking about addiction to alcohol. We're not just talking about addiction to shopping or whatever. 
we're talking about addiction to old patterns, addiction to, um, you know, thinking somebody else is going to solve things for us, um, addiction to everything and being codependent on what is already and how um, and how we're talking, how we're really being called up to listen to the mother wound. And that's that series. That's that series mother wound. She is screaming right now in this chart. She is saying, you know, um, we need to bring in this mothering, nurturing kind of energy and and not um, fall back into those giving our power away kind of energy kind of stuff. Um, it's right. such a long post. I would go and read it. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, it's a, it's, it sounds great. I haven't read it. But the basis of what, I, what uh, I'm hearing Lou say is this idea of uh, instead of uh, kind of going into that place where I feel dismissed, I feel like I haven't been heard, is going and going, okay, what do I need to feel whole or have a different place in that conversation that I can go forward and do what I'm doing. So I'm not stopped in my tracks because this thing happened. Like this is to me, the system that we've lived in of abuse and abuser, abused and abuser, like that system we've lived in for hundreds and hundreds of years. So we're constantly playing. I'm either the abuser or the abuse, but we both like in many ways we are both. And so it's that idea of embracing this part of ourselves, the abuser inside of us and the abused within us that needs something, it needs compassion, needs love so that we can go forward and we're not trapped. Uh, That is so key. And relating that to the 16 uh, here, just not only the day, the 16, which is so powerful about our awareness of ourselves and our own need to tap into our innate body wisdom but also we have with that um we talked about venus opposing uh, neptune. yeah opposing neptune and who else was oh, it Pallas oh, athena and venus and Pallas athena both at 16 degrees uh so again inviting us these female energies that embody different parts of the female inviting us to bring in our wisdom our um, strategic abilities and our uh, and our warrior woman because yes right a warrior woman and the 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 awareness of self the embodiment the beauty the the whatever whatever it is that venus is to you that energy of birthing through the female uh, that system of those things that have been pushed to the back, bringing them forward and allowing them to inform you and, and guide you through this instead of being in illusion. And Neptune, which is, you know, it's always, it's that thing of being imprisoned in our minds. Like either it's our imagination and so amazing, or we're imprisoning ourselves in these ideas that we can't do something or that we need to escape, right? Instead of, and at the 18 degrees, like this is that ego within us that wants to hold on to what is safe. My behavior from the past, my responses to somebody trying to control me is I use, I'm angry or I, I, I fight or I get rebellious or I get timid, whatever those things are. 
uh, it's an opportunity to go, oh, I can see myself doing this and I want to do something different. I don't want to be uh, controlled or puppeted mm. by uh, what my mind is telling me or my emotions are doing, right? An interest, sorry, an interest yeah. to go back to Venus. She's, she's in the sign of Virgo, which is um, said to be her, um, her fall or her detriment, one of the two. But, but, you know, Venus in Virgo is very much about um, one who is whole and to herself. That's the true meaning of the right. word Virgo. And she's in that sign about becoming whole. And it's a Mercury ruled sign. And as I said before, Mercury stations retrograde two days before this new moon. Mercury also rules the north node in Gemini, which I referred to before. And Mercury in Scorpio is taking a deep dive into shadow, into the deep psyche. And to go back to that post I'm referring to, she kind of finishes it up saying, take the time to heal, get support, process your trauma grieve make time for prayer ritual the earth can contain you a lot more than you realize but and then she finishes we need you sane clear and in the vision of safer saner and a more loving world she kind of perhaps unknowingly <laughs> summed up that venus in virgo with the mercury going retrograde in scorpio in that very last uh, part of her post you know, we need more love, but we need more self-love. We need to come become whole. We need to heal. We need to process the traumas that are being, oh, so brought in our face, especially today as we record this um, on the full moon that's conjunct Chiron. There's been a lot of talk about that out in the ethers about how people were triggered by the debate and how um, all our traumas about cycles of abuse and all that um is coming up to the surface it's coming up to be healed <laughs> and venus to my mind is right. giving well venus mercury ceres and Pallas Athena are giving us the answers to how we can heal it so yeah right and and i think it's really important to understand that even the debate the u.s debate uh that uh that has triggered all this kind of underwater stuff all this plutonian scorpion energy that's been hidden from our vision like we've held it down we've oh. tried to hold it down together uh, for so long that any desire which is so interesting because our desire is the thing that we are trying to reactivate in a new way in a clean way right in the innocence of our desire not a subverted desire which then yeah. creates all these problems that it's we have I like, I like so this, what we really desire deep down yeah right but even responding to our body to our feelings there is nothing wrong with the feelings we're having maybe some of the actions we think we should take need examining but the actual idea of having feelings or having responses are a a message to us mm -hmm. uh, and of course with uh, uh, mercury which is at an 11, right? It's another portal. You were talking about stepping into the space and Mercury considering the, considered the lower mind, Uranus, the higher mind. Mm. So it's, it's expanding our minds so we can release some old beliefs and old programming. And even this 
um, attachment to our trauma or grieving over uh, our collective um, uh, trauma, the experiences we've had. So many of us have had experiences as children uh, of being, uh, you know, in some way abused and made to take a certain shape and told that our soul desire is is not right it's not right for have for us to have a feeling or to get excited about something mm -hmm. that it has to be controlled and all of these things and some people have been you know besides being yelled at maybe hurt physically hurt there's all these different ways we've been controlled go to school people tell us you've got the thing wrong we're stupid all of these things that have helped us uh, kind of believe that we have no value and so to me, that's the key here is what is our value? Are we letting the thoughts and beliefs that are trapped in our minds that tell us who we are? Are we letting that be our barometer of our value? Mm. Because if we don't believe in our value, right, then we can't activate and have the courage of that 23 to push through and go, uh, I hear what you're saying, but I don't agree with it, or I'm not going to live by that anymore. I'm going to go for further. I'm going to explore. To me, this is a time of exploration and that fierce warrior exploration where you're going out to see what else is there and who else is coming with me and how do I, how do I get to nature? And I'm just thinking of that movie. I, I saw some of that movie people have been talking about the, um, it's the ground. The, no, the octopus. Oh, octopus is my teacher or something like that. Um, so the actual scenes of the, the scenes are amazing, like the vision. But what's to me, what makes me think about is that nature, like going into nature, like that's this, the person who was doing it had a lot of trauma. And so going into nature to kind of find mm. their voice and reconnect. And to me, that's what works for many of us, certainly works for me. When I'm feeling bad, I go into nature. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling low and I'm like, wow, I get all this energy from nature. I start remembering my connection to nature. I start doing things in nature that awaken me to because we want to awaken the voice of nature within us the voice of the land within us so we start listening to what is out there just like when we look at this chart what is what are the voices of these misaligned energies telling us like the way that venus has been treated the way that um, you know uh, series was treated, etc. All these things of like, yes, you're useful for what you can do, and for the rest, just go away, or I'm in charge, do whatever I want. All of those stories uh, have created a narrative that is only half the story. Now, talking of half the story, going back to the idea of the hierarchical patriarchy, all that kind of thing, and back to the theme of chaos. Of course, chaos has also always been associated with the divine feminine which includes nature which includes <laughs> which includes the feminine part of all of us which includes like the night energy where we feel things we can't see the light is not blocking out the stars uh, but uh, things are less defined in and it's getting comfortable with kind of that more i talk about this energy in my in my book the complete guide of astrology guide to astrology you know the need to embrace this this part of the polarity that has been 
contained, shut down, compressed, blocked for so, so long. And that's not just about women and men. This is, <laughs> this is just about that, you know, not having to have everything as it should be and delineated and structured and the rules and allowing for this um, more feeling nature and allowing for a little bit of not quite knowing what the outcome is going to be and allowing for a little bit of chaos and change um, as well within structures and containers, because we also like the construction, the containers, <laughs> but it's about we've, we've gone too far the other way to that day energy. I mean, for heaven's sake, we even try and blot out the night at night with lights in our world. You know, <laughs> that's just to put it at a, at a mundane level. We are so uncomfortable with the energy of the night and the feelings and the deep feelings and the, and the desire, as Jen was saying. So um, everything in this chart is kind of about bringing that up to the surface so we can balance so yeah right and i i was just as you were talking thinking about uh, the debate here in the states on tuesday night uh one of the things and i never would watch any of these things and as who knows it was purely by accident that i landed up but of course there is no no such thing as an accident it's obviously a reason i needed to watch but what's what i'm just thinking about is when we talk about like we talk about how women and children have been uh, like sidelined which is absolutely true but in many ways men have been sidelined too everything has been done from a a you know a lot of things like in a capitalist society it then you it's like we're all uh, giving our power to money or the idea of something bigger better and we forget about the balance of how something functions well in order for it to remain in foundation and in integrity it needs to have that equality of balance that that listening to the land like everything we materialize has to have a relationship with the land in order for it to remain because otherwise one way or another earth will destroy it and because, the cycles of nature the spring the winter everything right yeah Exactly. It's all part of the same thing. And we are part of nature. So when we recognize we're part of a whole, so just thinking about in terms of how the two uh, people on that stage uh, are both, uh, were both presenting from a place of lack and pain and trauma, not from a place of being whole, not from a place of fullness or generosity or kindness or any of those things, like much more fixated on this is what I got to say and I'm going to beat you down or whatever I'm going to do, uh, insult you, whatever I'm going to do to get what I want, as opposed to I'm so at ease with who I am and I'm so at ease with who you are that I'm not threatened. I don't need to control you. I don't need to control myself. You know, any of these things that we do in order to kind of meet this system that we're in right now of needing to win, right? It's all about winning. But we actually, none of us win if we yeah. don't all win, right? Yeah. Right. If we don't find the harmony, if we're not listening to nature, if we're not listening to our divine nature, if we're not like bringing in all these components 
you know, the most successful businesses or any venture is about people collectively having an equal voice. So we're not asking people to be robots. We want their voices. And then there's a consensus, right? As opposed to only a few people decide, like you were talking about before. Mm. You know, a few people deciding for many, of course, that's completely out of balance. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense at all. So in, interesting fact about the debate, just astrologically, um, Donald Trump is a Gemini and of course we've got the Gemini North Node and um, Biden is a Scorpio and we've got Mercury stationing retrograde in Scorpio and that rules the North Gemini and and the moderator, the poor moderator who has just could, lost control of the whole chaos of the debate, he's a Libra. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. They're living... Right. They're living out the astrology. But of course, you know, this is the point. And then each of us will take whatever we take based on our own, whatever we relate to. Right. Yeah. So if we relate to a certain position, we will say, oh, that person was better or the right. And that one was wrong. Uh, the natural fact, everything there was out of balance. Right. No one could uh, find balance. No one could no one knew how to bring things back into balance. And those are skills. We need to learn those skills so we can express ourselves without feeling victimized or being a, an abuser. How can we talk to people? How can we respond to what's happening around us without us needing to attack each other, right? How can we get quiet and just be in stillness and listen and go, oh, I hear what you're saying. Well, let me tell you what I'm saying. And there's nothing wrong with saying to somebody in a very calm voice, and we, we must practice this. I hear you've got something to say, but I would like to talk. Let me finish, right? We have to be able to raise our voices in a way that's not offensive, but very clear. Like we've seen some of these amazing women. We often see this in women, although I know there are a lot of men that do this very well as well. And usually people that are either professors or because they work with students or legal, like uh, lawyers and stuff, because they're used to bringing across points. So people in business are used to bringing across points without offending others, but being very um, grounded and very clear. So the channel is open, but they're very grounded. And to me, that's the connection between uh, you know, Mercury and Uranus, right? Yeah. It's that like, we need the stuff to come in. And then there's that, you know, Libra, Virgo kind of balancing thing of, okay, we need it to come in so we can be very clear, but we also don't want to be caught up in someone else's stuff, right? Because then that takes us off track. Yeah. We forget what we're saying. And there was too much of that. I mean, if you, if, you know, I don't want to harp on the debate debate too much, but if if those of you that were upset or triggered by it, if you can just take a step back and look at it as the energy is just being played out on the stage, as as we need what we need to change, it's it's a really helpful just to detach a little bit and take the bigger picture view. It it is they were not listening to each other; they were talking over each other. Um, both of them, you know, <laughs> it's like the, the, it was correct. Um, and, and both were, um, uh, making things up about the other. It was complete energy of what's happening in the world, the chaos of what needs to change. 
Now, I'm not mm. suggesting nobody vote or take sides or whatever. That's up to you what you do with that. But um, there's also a bit of an illusion under the energy that we've got now that um, that it matters really either way. In the current chaos, things are going to have to change massively before um, neither of those is the answer is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 yeah, I don't right. mean don't, I don't, don't pick right. the lesser evil, but uh, <laughs> well, yeah. you know, and it, you know, maybe it's hard to say lesser evil because we don't know. Like to me, well, it's my personal opinion is, you know, things do need to change. But when we make a choice based on uh, what we would like, right? Yeah. I think having a vision of what we would like, what we would believe in, what would make it easier for us to move into change. Well, now, we don't really know, right? I guess what I'm saying is don't go to sleep. Don't think, don't right. think. Right, don't go don't, to don't, sleep. Don't, don't go to your addictions and things and think, oh, I've voted, I've checked that box and that's going to fix things. That's right. what I mean. <laughs> well, I, I think, first of all, people need to vote, regardless. Oh, absolutely. Whoever it is that your, your choices doesn't matter. You choose your choice, but vote uh, just alone in this country. Here we're talking about the fact that a few decide for many. Mm -hmm. But if we don't get out and use the tools we're given, like I think voting should be... Uh, what's the word compulsory well, like every person yeah. yeah in australia every person in america is over 18 or whatever the age is must vote and when we give up our right to vote we give up our right to speak because there are certain things that work towards so if we're disengaged and we're like oh it doesn't matter or somebody said this so obviously my vote won't count then we're saying, then we're listening to someone else, number one. And number well, two. Well, I would say your votes at the lower levels probably matter more than the presidential, to be honest, in this one. But it doesn't matter. The point is you've got to take action if you want to be involved. Well, right? I, we so, kind of disagree a bit on this because. Uh, yeah, we disagree. Like, so, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's, for me, it's not just a act of, okay, mm -hmm. I will have an impact on the Senate absolutely all of those things the lower levels but i am t making a choice mm -hmm. this time we're in is about taking choice if we don't make a choice based on what we believe in we are basically saying i'm letting somebody else decide for me so for me it's a spiritual thing right mm -hmm. more than uh you know you know, it's a commitment, just like the court. To me, this is a commitment. I'm committing to it. I'm involved in the process. That voting is the first thing. What's the next thing? None of us actually know how it's going to show up, but we can know and hold a vision for what we believe is uh, kind of aligned to what we desire. We must hold a vision for more than just tragedy, for more than just awful things happening i'm not holding a vision for tragedy but i have a belief that um not voting is a choice too because nobody <laughs> represents you so i hold space for those that right. that. your vote right. you do it either way vote not vote vote with their party whatever it's your choice yeah. um, <laughs> i mean people will do whatever they want i just believe that it's a necessity that that's part of our step towards speaking up for ourselves and you know other people don't believe in it clearly i mean i don't think that I'm they have voting, but i am not uh, right but i think in this country they don't i think they i don't think they have ever had more than 
60% or so maybe 70% of people voting. Now, I think so. I think, hmm? I think it's down in the twenties now or low thirties. That's terrible. Like how do we yeah. even have, and we complain if we don't well, at least do that if nothing else. Right. Yeah. But if the people don't represent you, well, yeah. you have more voice when you speak up. So yes, I know it's, it's a complicated <laughs> system, right? Yeah. That's, that's like what we're talking about, goes, right? That goes back to my point. Well, could I, yeah. Could I speak for right. <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> that goes back to my point of the few, um, this, this system being corrupted because so few people um, are supposedly representing such a large number of people. Now, personally, I'm voting, but I'm not going to tell anybody they have to vote. So. <laughs> right. I'm not telling anyone they have to. I just believe that everyone should. That's my belief. I'm not going around telling people they have to. I just think it's part of the change. But that's how I operate. Yeah. So um, regardless, uh, I, I believe we have to work with what we have. And this comes back to us as individuals. We cannot escape who we are. We cannot escape the things we believe, mm -hmm. but we can do things to change, right? So it's this, it's, um, and I'm sure there's gonna be a lot more things happening coming up that are gonna change many things uh, oh. regardless. However, if we get into better practice about making quicker decisions and getting more in touch with our, um, intuition our spiritual connection with the earth uh, also how we relate to others so instead of think, finding fault with the people outside of us we decide who we are and what we're doing and right. how we're going to work with it and i'm a great fan of speaking to the north node in gemini going back to that local community thing that's where right. the change really starts you know let's let's leave the other stuff behind because you know it does you know creating the community gardens and creating the regenerative um small farms um all coming together in community going on your school board things like that that's where the real change starts so you know let's let's leave the other one out which i don't think oh yes it, it doesn't you know Right. It doesn't really matter. I think to me, what's important is, yes, community, your local community, the people, your life, your environment, the yeah. people you interact with, that's all part of it. But each of us will come to how we do it in our own way. It's just yeah. a matter of knowing, right? Yeah. I think it's healthy that everyone has a different idea and focuses on different things. But the bottom line is you have to make change. And that's, that's it. Like you can't be operating in a in this uh, um, whole new field using old ways of being exactly. like exactly. tying into our fixed ideas that yeah. are no longer working and just go okay what else is there let me listen let me think about it let me move forward because it's in the doing that we discover what works and what doesn't and how we want to go forward what's true for us and that Mercury retrograde in Scorpio is in a fixed sign. That's really going to help you get rid of some fixed ideas, especially that opposition <laughs> to Uranus. That's going to shake you out of your... <laughs> but we do have a lot of fixed... There's a lot of fixed energy. Oh, there is a lot of fixed energy. 
we're we're uh, kind of over the hour already i wonder if we should move uh, symbols and then those quick questions because you know people i know love to listen to us thank you you do we get some great reviews yes i'm sure your time is also precious <laughs> so let's look at some of the yes. degrees i'm gonna read mine first this time i think for this one so libra 24 because we always go up from the degree of the um, lunation is a chameleon with moving pictures appearing on its back blown by the wind shifted by every current absolutely adaptable you can become anything on demand compelled to cover up to externalize to be what others wish instantaneously given over before you can stop it an immense gift and a special curse the gift is to open up every situation simply by being there and participating. The curse is to have is to have your own self disc discarnate and oblivious. It is a very sharp edge of doing world work and losing self in the process. Agreed to beforehand, quite strange, yet perfectly beautiful in becoming the world out of love, compassion and a sense and a kind of selflessness which just has to be so very transparent and empathic wow that really <laughs> speaks to everything we've talked about i think about giving in to kind of your addictions and the old patterns and getting lost in those and um, being a chameleon really um so yeah right very very um on uh on spot time. on yeah right on par is that the right expression i think so, so <laughs> right. i think it's a golfing term i don't know i'm not a golfer but uh how fascinating so yours was about a chameleon and this one libra 24 in the uh, sabian symbol a butterfly with a third wing on its left side so the keynote is the ability to develop uh in a strengthening new modes of response to basic life situations the butterfly is the ancient and traditional symbol of the results of the process of spiritual rebirth it is the butterfly if the butterfly has three wings instead of two a special development of an aspect of the spiritual life is shown three is a symbol of fulfillment some power has been added to the normal spiritual life of the individual person the left side usually refers to the instinctual field of the consciousness, but is also the heart side. A new strength is shown, perhaps as yet unrealized. So this could refer to some kind of technique or technical achievement. What is implied here is that the contact with the revivifying life force can result in the appearance of a new faculty, the use of which may not yet be consciously evaluated. Indeed, it is the establishment of such contact which constitutes a technique for original mutation. Now that speaks to my belief. Well, I mean, both our symbols refer to shape-shifting really, to transformation and shifting into something higher. And, and both of these speak to uh, my belief that 23 appearing so often, and this new moon at 23 degrees, is that we are being asked to kind of 
transmute our DNA to some higher uh, self to a degree. And, you know, Venus being um, ruling the new moon in Virgo is to, uh, and Venus being the higher incarnation of the earth, also ruling nature is to, we are being asked to kind of step up and move to this higher spiritual kind of um, life developing aspect. Yeah. Absolutely. When I was talking in my monthly uh, overview, we talked about the mutation. There is a mutation that we are experiencing or going through or will experience through this, right? Mutating our grief, our trauma into uh, fuel for our courage to enter a new space. Yep. Okay, so we do have a couple of questions. We really don't have much time. Um, so I'm going to read one and we're just going to address them real quickly. Um, we're recording this on October the 1st on uh, the um, full moon, Aries full moon. And we got a message saying um, it's her 22nd birthday. So happy birthday. And um, she feels as though everything we said in the Aries full moon podcast is applicable but she's trying to figure out the best way to release and accept what it has to offer so any tips and these will apply to all moons new moons anything so jen what are your tips (laughs) well happy birthday so i think also is you know 22 it's about being in balance and 22 2020 etc all of that Uh, finding the balance, like finding the thing that is true for you. What is the thing you can accept that you can kind of let go of the other things instead of trying to accept everything or trying to figure everything out, just find one thing that gives you a sense of uh, balance or connection. And then you've got to just pivot with the rest. It's just allowing it to be what it is and just uh, accepting that you're going to move into it or move away from it. And it doesn't matter because you need to just express who you are and be conscious of your own needs, breathing, taking time out, saying, no, I don't want to talk about that, or I'm not interested in that, you know, taking control of what you can control. It's like what we were saying earlier. And from a shamanic perspective, because I'm a shamanic practitioner also, um, there's a lot of ritual is missing in in our uh, modern world with with those strict rules and hierarchical things to go back to that. So simple rituals can help you tune into um, and tune into and accept what all the lunations have to offer. You know, just tuning into the energies and or making a little offering and speaking intentions or speaking what you want to release. I think rituals are really helpful and, you know, we could, there's endless, I'm, I'm a, I prefer simple rituals, you know, light a candle, speak or something like that, but there are elaborate rituals too. You can create altars, you can do all kinds of things and Google is your friend. (laughs) There's, um, if you Google new moon rituals, full moon rituals, you get some ideas and find what works for you because always work (laughs) but um just they they, ritual can help you really tune in and and release and accept what what lunations have to offer so right and if you feel like it's something that it's really pressing on you maybe take some time you know walk in nature 
pull mm. a card. There's many things. Just journal about it, mm. right? What's coming up, right? To make space to release. I think it's tuning into it, really. Is although all our both of our answers are about tuning into the energy and letting it speak to you. So right, yeah. Right. So we did have one other question about a dream. Um, she said she was working in an orphanage. There was one girl who had been there longer than the others and her and I made a plan to escape. So the next morning we left and on our way out of town, we bumped into someone we knew. This little girl, age, around age five, encouraged me to take this male acquaintance with us. All of us are without family and no reason to stay. So together we left. I decided we should stay at one nice hotel before disappearing for good and roughing it for life. This male acquaintance became fast love interest upon our arrival to the hotel. For whatever reason, we snuck into our room only to convince the hotel manager that we lost our key to room 19. We left our orphan girl in our new room before heading downstairs to the lobby. When we arrived at the desk, we told the manager we were too drunk the night before and lost our key. She laughed and presented us with Moldavite rings, and that's when we woke up. But she was wondering about the 19, most of all. The room 19, that sounds like a fun dream, to be quite honest. Yay. <laughs> yeah, sounds, like, sounds like a very, very powerful dream about yeah. uh, freedom and breaking yeah. free. Uh, so... Um, the 19 is significant because the 19 is about endings and new beginnings. Uh, one and nine is 10 and one plus zero is one. So innovating new ideas, breaking free of, uh, feels like breaking free of kind of, you know, multivide actually uh, destroys things that are poisonous to you and, and destructive that you may not know or want to leave, but you can't. Um, but the 19 is also about shining your light. It's about kind of stepping into the sunlight of who you are and allowing yourself to go forward, like trust who you are and just express it in joy and innovate and create and, you know, this new beginning, this new expression of who you are. I think it ties very much to the time we're in now, right? This Aries full moon, this energy of, that I am. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I'm, I'm not really the numerology girl, so I'm just going to leave, leave you with Jen's answer to that one. Um, so, cause she covered it all really. So. <laughs> Some reason though, do you know what was coming in my mind as you were talking with 19, that right. song about the Vietnam soldiers? No, 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 19. Anyway. No, I don't know Oh, you don't know it. <laughs> I don't know it. Oh, it was a song about all the soldiers being 19 who went to Vietnam. And uh, uh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's a it's a pretty good song. So for some reason, um, Crystal, that might, that jumped into mind. So that might have a message for you. So Right. Which yeah. it, it may tune into the part that is difficult, difficult to break away from what we know, what is comfortable and have to go through this initiation, right? Whatever it is. And like she said, she was, we were going to disappear and rough it for life. That's, uh, that's interesting. Right. Too. Anyway. Right, like it feels scary.
Anyway, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. Thanks for your questions. Oh. And keys as well, Chiron, and your card. So there you right. go. <laughs> that was in the dream too. Anyway, so Jen, how can everybody find you? You can find me on my website, Jen com j-e-n-d-u-c-h-e-n-e -E. i also have a group on facebook and i've just created a new group uh jen Dushen, global guardian of the akashic records and my youtube channel where i do weekly videos with the cards is also now being named jen Dushen global guardian of the akashic records um and you can find me most places i do readings and uh have a group and do classes i teach people how to read the records and i do have some classes coming up to learn how to use the illuminating journey cards cool and i'm louise eddington it's louiseeddington.com l-o-u-i-s-e-e-d-i-n-g-t-o-n and um <laughs> i do astrology readings uh you can find them on my website i also have a membership uh community also with three levels if you want to check that out you can also find that on my website my facebook page is cosmic owl astrology um i also have a facebook group the cosmic owl astrology cafe um if for a bit more private conversations um I also have Instagram, Cosmic Owl Astrology, YouTube. Um, I'm doing more regular YouTube videos now, and that's Cosmic Owl Astrology. Also, any likes, subscribes, things like that are welcome. Also, my two books, Modern Astrology and The Complete Guide to Astrology. The Complete Guide to Astrology is just blowing me away. It's in the top 10 of all astrology books um, regularly. And it's getting lots and lots of ratings and reviews. So if you have the book and it, no matter where you bought it, if you could leave me a review on um, Amazon, um, I would really, really appreciate it. Hopefully a five star one. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I am currently in the, in the planning of um, creating my cosmic owl astrology score and i am going to um, open enrollment for that soon and that's the classes are actually going to start in december um with the um which seems a strange time to start but the astrology is telling me to start in december so it must be perfect so so for now it's goodbye from lou and goodbye from Jen. Oh, don't forget our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>